Today on the John Ackerberg Show, we will examine the topic, Christ among other gods. Maybe you've heard it said that all religions are equal, but do you really think that's true? If you think that all the deities are the same, or that all religions agree on the essential points, then this program is for you. Religion, if it is worth the name, claims to make factual statements about spiritual reality. This means that every religion has the responsibility of giving evidence for its truth claims. Such evidence should be accessible to believers and non-believers alike. Christ presented himself as the one and only qualified Savior who was able to bring men and women to God. Today we will examine some of the evidence Jesus gave for his claims. We will also ask, how do we know that Jesus really did do miracles? And how do his miracles confirm his claims? My guest today is Dr. Erwin Lutzer, pastor emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois, where he served as the senior pastor for 36 years. He is featured on radio programs across the country, speaks internationally, and is the award-winning author of numerous books. We invite you to join us for this important edition of The John Ackerberg Show. Welcome to our program. I'm John Ankerberg, and our topic today has to do with who is the real Jesus? Did he really live an extraordinary life? Did he actually do miracles that proved his claim that he was God? That's what we're going to discuss today, and I think that's very important. And to do this discussion with me, we have one of the best in the country. My guest today is theologian, philosopher, and best-selling author, Dr. Erwin Lutzer. He's the pastor emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois. This is the historic church, huge church, downtown Chicago, where he served for 36 years. If I remember right, you had something like 72 to 76 different nationalities in your congregation as you spoke to them. Is that correct? John, I want to say this, that at the Moody Church, yes, we had more than 70 different countries of origin represented. And we delighted in that because the book of Revelation talks about the fact that in heaven there are going to be people from every tongue and nation and nationality, and we're going to be together worshiping before the throne. And I want to say to all those of you who are listening, no matter what religion you belong to, no matter where you are, no matter what country, I believe that today as we look at a miracle of Jesus, you're going to be greatly encouraged. And in the process, you'll also see why it is that Jesus Christ did miracles in order to confirm who he was. You stay tuned because I think you're going to experience a special blessing today. Yeah, you have a special illustration that comes right out of the Bible. I'd like you to read the biblical story first slowly so the people can hear the story and then I want you to point out how this points to Jesus and who he is and the power that he has and what he's able to do for the very people that are listening. I'm going to begin, this is Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. 
Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. I want to stop there for a moment and just remind everyone who is listening, if that is you, that the wind seems to be against you, this program is directed at you. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Just that far for a moment. Now, John, what I find very interesting is that the disciples were in trouble even though they were obedient to Jesus. Right. Jesus had sent them out. Jesus said, get into this boat and go to the other side. And while they were obeying Christ, they experienced one of the greatest storms they had ever experienced on Galilee. And tonight I can't help but think that we are talking to people around the world who feel as if the wind is against them and they've tried to be obedient. We're even talking about Christians who have been obedient to God, but they're in deep trouble. Very important, yes. And then we notice also that if, however, they had listened to the words of Jesus, they could have actually enjoyed the storm because Jesus said to them, get into the boat and go to the other side. Now, if the creator of the winds and the oceans tells you, go to the other side, you will make it to the other side. One of the most important things we have to do when we're going through a trial is to make sure that we hang on to the promises of Scripture. Passages like the book of Romans that says nothing will separate you from the love of God. Tribulation, distress, persecution, nakedness, peril, sword, nothing can cut us off from the love of God. So when we're going through a trial, what we need to do is to make sure that we are listening to this book and its promises. Now, something else that is very important, and I want everyone to understand its importance. Even when we cannot see Jesus, Jesus sees us. Do you think that the disciples were able to see Jesus on the mountaintop over there? Of no. course not. It was totally dark. Right. But Jesus saw them. He saw the longitude and the latitude of their little boat. Jesus knew the strength of every board. He knew exactly the speed of the wind. And I say today to all who are listening, even when you cannot see God, when you look around and have no reason to believe on Him, God sees you. And when life becomes very difficult, it is actually more important that God see us than that we see God. Yeah, and I want to just stop right there because this program goes into 200 countries of the world. And I have friends in each of these countries and I've been talking to them. And as you know, in India, 
the COVID has taken over rapidly over there. And I have friends that have just turned their churches into hospitals. And the people come in there and then loved ones can't come to see them because the loved ones are well and the ones that have COVID, they can give it to them. And they've got a new strain where in three to five days, you can, if you get it, you die. Okay, so they're all alone, Irwin. And this is happening in many different countries as we tape this program and maybe into the future. But I'm just simply saying, when you think that you're all alone and your family can't get to you and you don't know what to do and you are feeling as helpless as you've ever felt and you're afraid of dying, what you're talking about right now concerning Jesus is important to them. All right, I want you to continue. And you know, the Bible indicates I will never leave you nor forsake you. And people need to know that God does see them, God does see their need. You know, one day I was talking to a friend of mine who was dying of cancer. He was in such pain he could scarcely bear it. But he said that he got out of bed and sat on the couch and he said, you know, all the faith drained from my soul. I was there alone. But even then, he knew he was being seen by God. And so the friends that you just spoke about, John, they need to be reminded of that. Now, as we go through this text, we also realize that sometimes Jesus comes to us in disguise. We don't recognize him. He's walking on the sea, and they think it is a ghost. They thought it was some kind of a spirit. And Jesus said, no, it is I. And you know, sometimes God comes to us in the hard times of life. He comes when things are most difficult, when we are most discouraged, Jesus shows up. It's also interesting that he comes in the fourth watch of the night, that's four o'clock in the morning, when it is the darkest, when the disciples were the most weary, when they were most discouraged, Jesus shows up. And I want to tell the people who are listening today how important it is to realize that sometimes God does wait for us to become desperate because only desperate people pray and sometimes it is only in our desperation. You were talking about COVID, for example, and the fear of death. Yes. Sometimes it is those moments that draw us to God when we begin to realize that we really do need to prepare for death. And we'll be talking about that in just a moment. Now, the rest of the story is very interesting and people can read it on their own, but it is here in the text that Peter says, if it's you, Lord, let me walk to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. John, for a few moments, there were two people that were walking on the water. If you had had a camera, you'd have noticed that Jesus comes walking across the water as if it is a marble floor, and Peter is doing the same. But then we read, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. I find that interesting. You know, sometimes people pray long prayers, <laughs> and that's fine. But there are also times of desperation where only a short prayer will do. Yes. Three words, Lord, 
save me. And there are people who are watching today, and that's what they should be saying to Jesus, to save them from their sins, from their discouragement, and from their helplessness. And then Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, Jesus is the immediate Jesus. Three times in this passage it says that Jesus immediately did something. Immediately he told them to go into the boat. Immediately he told them who he was. Immediately he reaches out his hand to Peter. And you know, when Peter saw the wind, that's when he began to sink. Right. And when the trials of life come upon us and when things close in on us and discouragement and disappointment and hunger and uncertainty are around us, it is at that time when we have to look beyond our circumstances and we have to see Jesus because when Peter saw the wind and stopped looking at Jesus, he began to sink. Now, there's something else in this passage. Jesus, of course, has total control over the physical universe. After all, he created it, the Bible says. Right, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he speaks and, of course, the wind ceases. But meanwhile, as he was going toward the boat, he was able to walk on water. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture of the sovereignty of Jesus? And I want to say to all who are listening today, I want you to see Jesus exalted in heaven. King of kings, as you mentioned, John, he is the one who said, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. I want you to see him that the water that threatened to be over their heads was under the feet of the risen Christ. And the waters of life, the sickness, the disease, the disappointment that seems to engulf us, I want us to see Christ today as above all that because he is able to help us. And now... What is the big lesson that Peter taught us? Let me put it to you this way, John. What was Peter's greatest problem? Was it the depth of the water? Was it the speed of the wind? Was it the height of the waves? No. At that moment, because he was looking at Christ, Peter's greatest problem was a lack of faith. He did not keep his eyes on Jesus. Now, I've experienced this, John, and maybe you have too. Sometimes it is very difficult for us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Absolutely. We are so overwhelmed by all of our difficulties, by sickness, by discouragement, by relational issues. But if we concentrate on Jesus, if we remember that he is always there for us, willing to give us a hand, willing to walk with us on our water, our troubled waters. He is the one who helps us all the way to the shore. Now, let's read the rest. It says that Jesus reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? 
And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now, notice the text, when they got into the boat. Isn't it wonderful to think that Jesus Christ got into the boat with them? And Jesus is the one who takes us all the way to the other side of the lake. And now we get, you'll notice, and those in the boat worshipped him. We've talked about this before, but the fact is that the miracles of Jesus actually confirmed the authority of Christ. When they saw this miracle, they worshipped him, and they confessed that he was the Son of the living God. And there are people who are watching today, and they need to come to that conclusion. And miracles like this remind them of the fact that Jesus actually is qualified to save people, and he is the Son of God, and there is no one else out there like him. There is no other Savior, and they must believe on him. And they all have experienced, or are experiencing right now, trouble of some kind. We're in a city where one Easter, about a year ago, the fact is we had tornadoes that went through our city and ripped up beautiful homes, just mowed them down, okay, and people died. And you feel so helpless. The disease that went through, and you don't know who's going to get it. And so how scared these people were that they would get it, and then they got it, and then they went to the hospital, and then they were thinking, what's going to happen next? people that have lost their businesses, people that have problems with their husband or their wife or their children. Mother called me and said, my son's on drugs, what do I do? Or all kinds of problems that people face. Jesus is the answer to their problems, but they haven't turned to him. I want to use these last few moments to talk to all who have been listening because it is so important for us to realize that no matter what your problem is, you must look to Christ. Tony Evans is a tremendous preacher and he's a friend of mine and he tells the story of when he and his wife were on a cruise ship. And over the intercom, some information came from the captain who said that we are going to be going into a storm. So buckle up it's going to be very difficult. Tony's wife, Lois, she called the captain and she wanted to speak to him and she spoke to his assistant and said, why is it that we're going into the storm? Why don't we just wait it out? And the captain got back to her and said, just two things I want to say to you. First of all, it is so important for you to know that I'm in charge and you're not. That's always important to remember. And then he said these words, this ship was built with this storm in mind. I want to speak to your heart today. No matter where you are at, no matter your difficulties and your trials, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised again, he had your need and your predicament in mind. And even though life is difficult 
and many of you are going through sorrows which are even difficult to describe in words. Jesus is there for you. He is the Son of God. We worship Him. We worship Him because He is a King, but we also worship Him because He is a Savior. And as He did with the disciples, He joins us in our boat, so to speak, and takes us all the way to the other side. Would you receive Him as your Savior today, as the one whom you worship? If so, why don't you pray with me, and why don't you say that you receive Him as your own? Our Father, we want to thank you today for all who have listened, and we ask today that you will work in their hearts and help them to see that Jesus knows them, Jesus sees them, and He is available to them if only they were to believe on His name. Help them, O Father, to worship Him, even as the disciples did, and realize that He is the Son of God. And we thank You, Father, that what He went through on our behalf means that He can take us all the way to eternity. We love Him and we pray Your blessing upon us even as we continue to worship Him. In Jesus' name, amen. And folks, if you've been listening, maybe right now you want to transfer all of your faith and trust to Jesus, put it into His hands and tell Him, you have my life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you call, it's not the calling, it's the person you're calling to. He's the one that gets involved and does things in your life, and He'll do it for you right now if you'll call. Now, I'm so glad that you joined us, and I'd like you to stay tuned for just a moment because I have a personal word for you. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's program. Now, thanks for being with me today. If you've thought about what makes Jesus unique, among the 4,300 religions in the world today, and you'd like to investigate the information for yourself that you've heard presented, as well as the facts given throughout this series about Jesus, I want you to know that we are making available all six TV programs with Dr. Erwin Lutzer on two DVDs for a gift of $39 each, or both DVDs for $78. In program one, he explains why all attempts to unite Christ with other religions of the world are doomed to fail. In program two, how our prevailing culture of tolerance has altered even some of our Christian church's belief about God. Then in program three, why is it logically absurd to believe that all the religions of the world could be equally right? In program four, why does every religion have the responsibility of giving evidence for its truth claims that is accessible to believers and non-believers alike? In program five, we present the evidence for Jesus' extraordinary death and resurrection. In program six, the evidence that Jesus himself gave to show that he was the one and only qualified Savior who was able to bring men and women to God. 
Now, in addition, we're making available Dr. Erwin Lutzer's excellent 252-page book, Christ Among Other Gods. And this is for a gift of $15. Now, this is a tremendous book, folks, that is full of crucial information that you'll all want to read. If you wish to have all six programs on two DVDs, plus Dr. Lutzer's important book, they are available together for a gift of only $90. Now, if you live in the U.S., you may order right now by calling us at 1-800-805-3030. That's 1-800-805-3030. And you may call that same number any day this week, 24 hours a day. Or you may give your gift at our website right now at Show. Dot org, where we have a secure place for you to give your gift. That's jashow.org. And then, if you live in Canada, would you please call us at 1-866-746-5803. That's 1-866-746-5803. Or you may order at our Canadian website, at jashow.ca, that's jashow.ca. And when we receive your gift, we will send you a receipt and a personal thank you. And I'll appreciate your help very much. Next week on The John Ankerberg Show. There's a practical application. It's not just theory here. These are things that Jesus actually said, and what are you going to do with them, okay? And let's start with the first one. Jesus, talking to a crowd, all of a sudden made the statement, before Abraham, it was in the Old Testament, before Abraham was even in existence, he said, I am. Now, Erwin, what do those words mean? And then tell them how the crowd reacted. Well. This is a remarkable passage of scripture in the eighth chapter of John's Gospel. Here are all of these people, and they are asking him, and they are saying, you know, you're not as old as Abraham. Are you older than Abraham? And Jesus shocks them and says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, every Jewish person in those days would have known that Jesus is actually quoting what is in our Bible in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where God says to Moses, I am that I am. Jesus here is making a very clear affirmation of his deity. But let's just think about that phrase for a moment. It's remarkable. I like to think of it this way, John. It's as if God is saying, I am who I am and not who people want me to be.
Our goal is to present the evidence for the gospel worldwide and to encourage Christians in their walk with the Lord. This program is sponsored by the John Ankerberg Show Ministries and is made possible by the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts.